Our podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you have not heard about Anchor, it is the easier way to make a podcast. It's free, and they give you great tools and resources. Download the free Anchor app on your phone, or go to anchor.fm to get started. A-N-C-H-O-R. That's Anchor. That's Anchor. Hey guys, welcome to Hoops R Us. It's your host Xander, and today my special guest is my dad. Dad, say what's up to the fans. What's up, Hoops R Users? <laughs> <laughs> and today I have a lot of crazy news I want to share with you guys. And I also want to talk about the 1996 draft documentary. So stay tuned for an awesome episode of Hoops R Us. Alright guys, let's get this party started. So, I want to talk about some breaking news. Uh, let's see. First one I want to talk about. I'm not sure if this is really big, but recently on Instagram, I saw that KD had posted something that he was blocked from Shannon Sharp from seeing Shannon Sharp's tweets. And he replied by saying, oh, and I'm sensitive. It's a little interesting there. And I think... This is, this is KD's fault again, because he's proven to himself he's sensitive as well. He's about to make another argument, probably going to cost him another suspension. I mean, what do you think? I think Kevin Durant's got issues. <laughs> I think he, um, he's got way too much time on his hands. Like, he lets too many people in, and he lets too many people, you know, like, get to him, instead of just... I get it. He's a human being and everybody's got feelings and nobody should talk to me however they want to talk to me. But, dude, you got bigger things to worry about. Focus on basketball and, you know, just just relax a little bit. I mean, I think, like the other day you were telling me, Kevin Durant is the most sensitive NBA player I know, but probably we've ever seen, in my opinion. I mean, according to what people say, Nowadays, people are more softer outside of the court. So I guess this shows you how KD is like so sensitive. It's crazy. He just always seems to be in the middle of these social media arguments. That That's what I, what, what I find as the issue. I don't know about how sensitive he is and whatnot, but he's always in the middle of these weird social media issues. It's like, dude, like go play basketball, relax and have fun. Exactly. Here's another breaking news I got. Jamal Murray torn his ECL. That's unbelievable. But I still think the Nuggets can make the playoffs since it's almost the end of the season. That's a big blow. (laughs) Such a big blow. I feel so bad for him. Um, He hasn't had such a great season, all things considered. True. You know, like he has such a superstar playoff in the bubble last year. Mm-hmm. And I thought Jamal Murray just found another gear in his in his game, but in the regular season he he kind of went back to a role player and like it's like Jokic took another step forward, True. which is impressive. I mean Jokic is I think he's still in MVP conversations, you know. But 
without Murray, I just don't see them being a threat anymore. I think they're pretty much out of it. They're going to make the playoffs, possibly, but as far as a legitimate threat to make it to the finals, it's not happening anymore. And like you were saying about the MVP, I recently heard that there have been 90 of 101 votes that people think Nikola Jokic is going to be MVP. Not if Embiid has something to say about it. So. Uh, he got injured, though, this season, and it took a pretty lo- amount of time. Yeah, he took, uh, I think it was 18 games that he was out. And uh, it's been, I don't know the last time that an MVP won MVP being out 18 games. <laughs> but at the same time, a lot of players have been injured this season. It's like everybody's been out for a certain amount of time. So a lot of those top MVP candidates <clears throat> that we're going to talk about, like, they're going to, it's, I think Embiid's got a legitimate shot. True, true. But, I mean, Jokic did not miss no 18 games either. I mean, Jokic was pretty healthy this season. Don't get me wrong. I saw the injuries he dealt through. But they were mostly like day-to-day or like one week off. The issue is, at the end of the day, the Nuggets are probably going to barely make the playoffs. Whereas the 76ers are what? First seed. Number one seed. I mean, then again, they still have Ben Simmons and yada, yada, yada. So, next, I want to talk about Stephen Curry. <laughs> so, recently against the Denver Nuggets, the same game, Murray turned his ACL. Stephen Curry passed Wilt Chamberlain for the Warriors' all-time scoring leader with 17,818 points. Plus 42 points he had against the Thunders recently. That's that's just that's just unbelievable to me. I get it. He's the GOAT. He is <laughs> on fire this year. I expected nothing less. I thought if Curry was not going to get injured this year, he was going to have an MVP caliber season. I wasn't questioning his game. I was questioning more his health. But him playing a full season... I think you're going to get the best of Curry night in and night out because the fact is nobody in the NBA can stop him. He is probably one, if not top two, NBA scorer in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's leading second in scoring, actually. And he has a he has a chance of MVP. Yay! So Curry has better stats this season than his anonymous... Unanimous. Unanimous MVP season. It's impressive. Listen, the guy's on fire, but the biggest difference, the team was winning when he had those nice (laughs) stats. If you ain't winning, it's hard to be MVP in this league. That's true. And Embiid, like you were talking about, he's number one seed. So he does have a chance because of the winning team that he's in. I I just like the fact that Embiid wants it. Um, A lot of players, if you look back at the history of MVPs, when they ask them about, hey, how do you feel? You're in the MVP conversation. They just be like, oh, I'm not worried about that. You know, whatever happens, happens. Embiid, they recently asked him. I was watching the Clippers game uh, today. And the announcer said, you know, we interviewed Embiid and asked him about how he feels about being considered as the MVP. He was like, yeah, I want it. I want to be the MVP. I think I'm dominant. I think nobody can stop me. I'm getting double and triple teamed. And I, I deserve it. I want to be the MVP. And I've been dominating the league. So... He's not holding back. He's not being humble. He's like, I'm here. What's up? <laughs> That's the motivation he needs, especially in this league. So another breaking news, which is the toughest receiving news I got this week. 
Lamarcus Aldridge retired due to his health scares, something like that. So I think it was a a regular heartbeat that he had against the Lakers. Yeah, well, I don't know that it happened against the Lakers. I think the doctors uncovered that he's got an irregular heartbeat. That's a very serious health condition, and it's very unfortunate that he's had to retire. It reminds me of um, Chris Bosh. You know, obviously Aldridge is now a little older. He's on the uh, tail end of his career anyway, but when it happened to Bosh, he was still kind of in, in the late part of his prime. But uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is, is really sad that he's got to uh, forcefully retire when he had an opportunity to possibly win a ring with the Nets. Mm-hmm. That's what even hurts more. The fact that you have to, you're pr- pretty much being forced to retire, but you're on an NBA Finals team, which is the Brooklyn Nets. That's the super team of the year this season. And it's crazy. But then again, you got to respect his decision because health always comes first and then sports. So, All right, guys. So here comes the good part of this episode. We're going to talk about this 1996 draft documentary. It's on NBA TV. It's a two-part series. So (laughs) I got to admit, every NBA player in this documentary said this is arguably... The best draft of all time. I mean, you had 84, you had 03, but 96, I mean, I also think this was probably the best draft the NBA has ever seen. Listen, we would need, I need somebody to come and argue about 84 or 2003, because when you look at the depth of this draft as well, it's not just, you know the top five, the top 10, I'm talking even the undrafted part of this draft <laughs> was, you know, defensive player of the year, all-star. So there's multiple MVPs in this draft. There's multiple championships in this draft. I think this is hands down the best draft ever in NBA history. And to be specific with that, in all t- in total, there's been 20 championships Four MVPs, five Defensive Player of the Years, and four and four Hall of Famers. Plus, Kobe is going to be one, so five Hall of Famers. This this draft was stacked. Exactly. <laughs> stacked. Wow. And eighty four, you didn't have no guys who had so many chips, cause well, you had Jordan, so. He took all of them. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so I want to start off. Um, there were a lot of parts that I realized so such a, it was such a coincidence. I mean, you had guys who wanted to play with this guy and over this guy, but then that guy uh. ended up winning a championship with them. So, for example, I heard in this draft that Kev- Kevin Garnett wanted to play with Stephon Marbury because they were friends, I want to say during their teenage years. So, Minnesota traded Ray Allen for Stephon Marbury. So, Minnesota had Ray Allen and Milwaukee had Marbury, pretty much. And next thing you know, in 2008, I see Kevin Garnett with Ray Allen goes to join Paul Pierce's team and win a championship against the Lakers, who Kobe Bryant was in. And he was in this draft as well. What do you think about that? That's just... This 96 draft, this 96 class, 
they just ran into each other over and over and mm -hmm. over. Uh, not only were they filled with talented people, but I mean, you talk about battles and people that wanted to play with each other, you know, as we kind of break down what they went through on this episode with all the different drafts, it was just crazy, uh, kind of all the moves and all the things that had to take place for these guys to even land where they landed on draft day, you know, and then take into account who played each other, when they played each other. The fact is this draft was so loaded and, and a lot of these guys had long careers, which is why they had battles uh, throughout their entire careers over and over. Exactly. And to your point, how you said they all wanted to play with each other and they all had to get there. You had this trade, plus you had that trade with Kobe and Charlotte. I mean, it affected them a lot and throughout their careers, mostly. Divac did not want to leave L.A. You, you saw that in the documentary. Uh, yeah. He said he was going to retire. <laughs> but um, Jerry West, listen, the logo. Jerry yeah. West was a visionary. He said he felt, and I quote, that they got the most talented player in this draft. In this draft. A draft that had Allen Iverson, a draft that mm -hmm. has Stefan Marbury, Ray Allen, you know, like this draft was loaded and Jerry West sat there with a straight face <laughs> and said, we got the most talented player in this draft. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy how, guess what? He was right. <laughs> he was right though. He was. You know what was impressive to me? Um, and I don't know if we're going to get into the Kobe part now, but... Um, you saw those interviews that Kobe was doing, like when oh, he was yeah. like seventeen years old. Mm -hmm. He sounded like Kobe Bryant at forty years old. Like he was so calm, composed, saying all the right things. It's like he was not phased by the moment. Yeah, and throughout his career, he was always good with reports. So, I guess since the beginning, hey, this that's what it showed. Uh, so I also want to talk about. I want to talk about the late ones because nobody ever pays attention to them sometimes. So you had guys, Ben Wallace. So I actually didn't know this myself. The Ben Wallace was not even drafted. And he was part of this 1996 draft class. Do you know how unbelievable that is? It's crazy because that usually doesn't happen in the NBA. So in football, a bunch of times, oh, this undrafted guy or this guy that was picked last, whatever, it happens a lot. In basketball, especially a player that went to college, that's not so common because people usually know this guy's going to be good or not, you know, or at least good enough to be a role player. And he wasn't even good enough to be a role player. So he wasn't even picked. But that's, that's crazy. you saw the work he put in, though. The moment he didn't get drafted, mm -hmm. he went to the weight room, started putting on those muscles, and woof, the rest is history. Yeah, and it's crazy how they rather choose high school players, such as Kobe. They rather choose these high school players over these players who actually went to college and earned this NBA draft by going to college and getting the recognition there. Right, what I noticed about this, this documentary 96, I think, was really the first year that the underclassmen, which is what they call them, kind of uh, those guys that went to high school oh, or those guys that were in college, like not as seniors, you know, they didn't do the full four years. Mm -hmm. This was, I think, 96 was the real coming out party where that started to become a thing. I think the year before, Kevin Garnett was drafted, right? 95? Yeah, he was drafted. He, set, he pretty much set the tone for right. that, pretty much. Because he proved that he can play, you know, he was Against coming straight days. out of high school mm -hmm. and he was able to play. So 
that opened up everybody's eyes like, wait a minute. These kids are in high school and they could play already. Why are we wasting our time letting them go to college and not picking them now? So they started drafting based on potential. And so guys like John Wallace, I mean, I'll let you get to that. But, you know, they just they it was just bad timing because a guy like John Wallace without this high school phase would have been like top two, top three. Yes. And because of that high school, it has showed the high school players like we can play against these grown men's, you know, and KG, this is how he really changed that. He pretty much set that tone. He looked tall, but he was skinny. He's skinnier than a tree. Mm -hmm. So they thought he was not strong enough or he won't get that many rebounds. I mean, you had a Shaq, Ewing. <laughs> That's crazy. That's just... And speaking of that, John Wallace. Let's go up to that part. So John Wallace, he went to college, right? He went to Syracuse for four years. And he could have mm -hmm. came out his third year, but he went back to school he made it to the final two. I think he made it to like the championship or something. I don't yeah. think they won. But he, you know, he did it right. <laughs> That's. And he went to the Knicks. He went to the Knicks. But he, not that part that shocked me. He got drafted late, actually. Yeah. And he got drafted like 10th. And you had guys like Ray Allen. 10th. He was drafted like, like 18th or something. <laughs> 18th. But you had guys like Ray Allen, Allen Iverson concerned like, why is this guy not in this draft party? He's still in that draft room. <laughs> because guys like Allen Iverson and, and um, Ray Allen, they were superstars in college, too. And Marbury. You know, they were like one and two. Yeah, Marbury. But John Wallace was up there with them. But then you had all these kids from high school and these kids from international. Mm -hmm. We're not even thinking about that. So Pedro Stoyakovich was oh, picked yeah. before him. You know, so, like, there was some real surprise picks that, you know what, they ended up being right. And they ended up being better than John Wallace. Because guess what, Dad? John Wallace is a friend. He's a bust. He was a bust. <laughs> and the Knicks, the Knicks, who were so excited about him, they were ready. They thought their future was set. I mean, I think at the time, they still had Ewing. They still had, you know, Starks. They were ready. They were happy. And then guess what? Oh, we have a little bust. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> well, hey, no offense, but I want to talk about this guy. Drafted by my favorite team, the Golden State Warriors. I think his name was, last name was Main, I want to say. Man, yeah. Oh, Man, something like that, with two ends. Uh, so his first NBA game, he said, he didn't even try to, he didn't play a single NBA game. I got to respect his decision because he said that God wanted him to become, what was it again? A pastor. A pastor. To spread the voice of God. It was, again, this 96 draft was full of all type of stuff because mm -hmm. here goes this player that gets drafted into the NBA, what he's been working for his whole career in college, all four years, mm -hmm. gets drafted in the first round. And doesn't play a single game with the team that drafted him. That the same he said it the first night that yep. they were playing a game. He was like, "I'm he, heading back to Min uh, Monopolis, right?" No, Mississippi. Oh, uh, Mississippi. Yeah, so he was on a plane back to Mississippi, and he was gonna start his his Pastor his career. life as as a preacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just crazy. This is all full of what ifs as well. Cause think about it, what if? Minnesota did not trade Ray Allen. What if Hornets decides to say, oh, we don't want Divock. 
will stick with Kobe. What like what if though? And it's crazy how main a uh, main he actually led the rebounds in uh college, so possibly could have been a big rebounder for the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, it's you 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 bring up a really good point though. There's a lot of what ifs in this draft. And I think the only short thing was everybody knew Allen Iverson was going to go number one. But after that, a lot of things happened that just completely changed franchises because of the picks that they did. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about these, the funniest part about these type of things. So, 1996, preseason game, Kobe Bryant, he's a dunker. He dunked on Ben Wallace. <laughs> Pretty amazing dunk. 2004, simulate that. I see Ben Wallace's Pistons defeat Kobe Bryant's Lakers in the NBA Finals. Pulling an upset, in my opinion. Absolutely. <laughs> what do you got to say about that? Because that's just embarrassing. It, feels like. it goes back to interesting moments, right? So here goes. Kobe's one of the surprise picks of the NBA draft. He's the one that everybody's excited about. They just mm-hmm. traded Bloody Divac for him. And in that preseason game, first of all, that was a that dunk was crazy. Yes, he crossed up the first guy, and he jumped from like the dotted line, and boom, hammer right on Ben Wallace. Undrafted Ben Wallace gets a poster, and then the same Ben Wallace is defensive player of the year, leading the Pistons defensively. And you know what? They defeated my Lakers. So hats off to him. You know, again. The connections of all these guys in the 96 draft is remarkable. How they all... I mean, think about Steve Nash and Kobe and, Kobe and those battles. Yeah, I was thinking and, about and that. And Nash having two MVP seasons. Mm-hmm. Think about Peja Stojakovic and the Kings battling the Lakers and Shaq and yes. Kobe. You know, Vladi Divac was part of that Sacramento mm-hmm. team. And yes, those were crazy battles. I mean, if you would have seen Vladi Divac guarding Shaq, that's when flopping was invented. <laughs> So it was just... He couldn't guard them pretty much. Nobody could guard Shaq. But yes. Vladi Divac was flopping left and right. I mean, Shaq would breathe on him and he was falling down. <laughs> so it's just crazy how this 96 draft, again, like there's so many connections with all these guys during that draft. Yeah, and here's a, the big connection that even without this draft, I, I already could tell. Allen Iverson, guess what? He was drafted by the 76ers. Kobe's hometown was Philadelphia. Right? Yeah. And Kobe wanted to get drafted by them. Right? And guess what? AI just stole that. So he, first of all, AI did not steal nothing. He was the number okay, one pick. Okay, true, true. It could have been the Lakers. It could have been the Warriors. It could have been David you're Stern right, himself. Right. They were going to take Iverson. So stop it. <laughs> all right, true. But fast forward to those five years later. In 2001 NBA Finals, here comes Kobe Bryant's Lakers against that 76ers team that he wanted to go, that he wanted to beat in. With AI, and he just defeats them. That's, That's again the the connections are endless. But Allen Iverson proved to be a worthy number one pick. You yeah, know, sure. he was the yes. answer. He was a beast. He was an MVP. He was unstoppable, and he was every bit worth that number one pick that draft. I don't think anybody deserved to be picked number one that draft. And I understand they didn't know about Kobe, but would you rather have a uh, the answer or these MVPs? All these nice stats, or would you have rather have a Kobe Bryant, who is a five time, a five time champion? I mean, come on. Nobody could read the future, so Iverson That's was true. was the lock number one pick. 
But, you know... Jerry West knew it. <laughs> no, he knew he was going to be able to get a really good player late in the, you know, in the 13th pick. <laughs> you know, if he, Jerry West would have been given the one, number one pick, he was not picking no Kobe. I'll tell you that much. He would be like, oh, never mind. I'll, I'll take the AI. Guy. <laughs> yeah, he might have even picked Ray Allen and all of those guys mm-hmm. over Kobe. I think Kobe just fell in the very, in the, in the right situation. Yeah, and Kobe was out of high school too. So he was one of those guys who was like, hey... I think I'm a, I can play against these grown men. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just crazy. Another thing I want to talk about. So, we obviously know Charles Oakley. I, re- I realized that Charles Oakley is probably where Ben Wallace gets his defense from. Charles Oakley was Ben Wallace's mentor. Which I did not know at all. And it feels like... It makes sense though, right? Yeah, it does. Like it makes they perfect play sense. Similar, I very, feel like. very similar play style. Um, undersized big men mm-hmm. that were just always diving, doing whatever <laughs> they had to do, grabbing rebounds like their life depended on it. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I saw this documentary, I can see a lot of similarities between Charles Oakley's game and Ben Wallace. Except Ben Wallace was just a freak of nature. He was just so much stronger, well, so much okay. faster. Charles Oakley was fast, but not, not fast. Not, well, not ben faster. But... Yeah, Ben Wallace yeah. was a freak. Like yeah. he was a strong guy. Mm-hmm. Wait, was Charles Oakley? He was a under undersized big man, though. He yeah, I think Charles Oakley was like 6'10", 6'9". Oh wow, that's Kevin Durant's height. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Kevin Durant's like seven feet. Yeah, that's true. Ryan Miner and Marcus and Mark, my fault, Mark Hendrickson were both drafted from the Philadelphia 76ers and they made the MLB. That's, that's crazy. I mean, they weren't good in both of them. I'll tell you that much. Uh, they were okay. They were role players. You know, actually, no. So Miner never played in the NBA. He got drafted by the 76ers, but he ultimately ended up playing Major League Baseball. For the Baltimore Orioles, I want to say, right? Baltimore Orioles, yeah. And then Hendrickson played four years in the NBA. So mm-hmm. what do you mean? They, they did their thing, you know? And nine years in the MLB, Marcus Mark Yeah, Hendrickson. that's a long career. That's a long career. Yeah, like not, listen, not everybody's meant to be an all-star, but when you can say, I played 13, 14, 13 years in between MLB and <laughs> only 13 players have ever done that. To play in both leagues. True. So that's like elite company. And I mean, I'm, I can't say they're like a Barry Bonds either, but they did their jobs, I would say. As great role players for both sports, in my opinion. So they, so the, the, it's, it's funny. They had two very good, very interesting moments in their MLB careers with some Hall of Famers, right? Yeah, and Ryan Miner. So he was mostly known for the third baseman, I want to say who replaced Kyle Ripken because Kyle Ripken played like every single game. So it was the first game Kyle Ripken did not play and Miner was the one who was actually at third base replacing him. Yep. And then you have Mark Hendrickson. Give Ken Griffey Jr., my favorite baseball player of all time, <laughs> the, his 600th home run. Yeah, so he was a pitcher and here comes that sweet swing from Griffey. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He just bombed that 600th home run off oh of Hendrickson. I love that swing. That's <laughs> the best swing. And I copy it at every single baseball game. That's just, that's so sweet. So to wrap this episode up, I want to talk about the famous magazine that all the, this draft class was in. The Slam Magazine. So it was like the coolest picture ever in a draft class because you had 
Ray Allen was there, Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant. But the funny part about it was Allen Iverson was not in the picture. And he didn't even know why. And it's been years, and he he just doesn't know why. He, he was trying to clear it up. He basically said, listen, honestly, I don't remember what I was doing. I was young, <laughs> I was irresponsible, and I don't know what I was doing that day and why I missed it. But it's such an iconic picture because you've got Steve Nash, two-time MVP, mm-hmm. Pedro Stoyakovich, Jermaine O'Neal. Kobe. Kobe Bryant, five-time you know champion, champion, probably one of the best players ever. Um, I mean, Ray Allen, you have all these guys in that one cover, and I guarantee you, they didn't realize, wow, we are the best draft class ever in that moment. But so many greats and so many great moments and connections came from just, you know, that group of guys together. And they look swaggy there. And I think people were like, ooh, here's the new draft class here. Okay, I want to see how this turns out. I mean, although... I I saw this in part two. They were not all that good in their rookie year because you got Kobe shooting air balls in the playoffs. Jermaine O'Neal not even playing any minutes. So, I mean, hey, but they they look like they set that swag tone. And I think they made, made them look cool. Yeah. Yeah, but listen, that, that was an awesome documentary. Again, it was on NBA TV. It's a two-part documentary. It's called The 1996 Draft. And definitely uh, two thumbs up from us because that was a really good documentary, a nice trip down memory lane. And again, what we both believe was the best draft class ever. Yeah. And this showed me even more history and more background about this draft class. Because before, I think I mostly knew about like the superstars, but I didn't know like the main, the story of this, you know? Yeah. Like, I didn't know... This guy decided to ditch the first game or this happened. Kevin Kevin Garnett wanted Marbury so bad. I, I didn't know that. And it's amazing how, because I love being taught history, especially about NBA. So I think this documentary really showed me about it. There you go. Can't complain. It was great. Like I said, two thumbs up. Um Quick shout out and uh, RIP to DMX, mm-hmm. one of my favorite rappers of all time. Just passed away uh, this week. So uh, RIP and uh, our condolences to, uh, to his family. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to this awesome episode of Hoops Are Us. Peace. <laughs>